Hi everyone and welcome to CVC Online. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Rich. I'm the pastor here. I hope you've enjoyed the week. I've loved this time of year as the trees turn color. I get to see my kids enjoy fall sports and uh, brings back some fond memories of when I was young. I love uh, having a little catch with my sons throwing the football back and forth. It's just really fun and a fond memory. Anyway, today we're continuing our sermon series called Restoring Our Relationships. And for this message, I'd like to focus on the special relationship between parents and children, that special connection that parents and children have. You know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how our sin not only hurts us, but it really impacts future generations. And sadly, those same issues cause an immediate disconnect between their parents and their children as well. Well, being a pastor, I've had the privilege of praying with and for lots of people. And one of the most common prayer requests or concerns that I've heard either has to do with one, parents who are concerned about their children in some significant way, or two, children trying to overcome their childhood wounds even after they're grown up. God's desire is to restore the relationship that parents have with their children. It was around 500 BC, and the Jewish prophet Malachi prophesied that one day, one of the signs of what's called the day of the Lord, it's the end times, when the Lord comes back and during that era, was that there would be a remarkable change in the relationship between parents and their children. Malachi 4.6, uh, he says this, he will turn, referring to what the Lord will do, he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. So what God's plan is, and we know this all throughout the scriptures, God's plan for people is that children would be raised in a loving family with parents whose hearts are torn, turned toward their children and vice versa. But when families are broken, the land or wherever they live will be wrought with total destruction. And as we've seen again and again, broken family systems are really a consequence of a failure to put God's word into practice and his desires, which is basically what sin is. And when we see this dynamic being played out all across the world, we just see broken family and broken story after story. And really, broken families lead to broken societies. However, the good news that we celebrate and that we're talking about today is that God has made a way for these specific kind of parent-child relationships to be repaired, specifically when parents and their children align their hearts with God and His kingdom. And the Apostle Paul spoke about this in a letter he wrote to the Ephesian church, which I'd want to share with you today, just a brief little section. But first, let's, let's pray. God, thank you for this beautiful time of year that reminds us of your beauty. We thank you for the children uh, and parents that are part of our church family, and thank you that we are a family. Uh, we pray, God, that we would be the people that you've called us to be, and that anyone who's listening to this message now, where there is pain in um, their relationship with their parents or with their children, or that where there's struggle in parenting, that you would give us uh, an extra gross, uh, dose of your grace and your love and hope, uh, that your word would speak wisdom into our lives, and that we would um, have the kind of relationship that you desire uh, with our parents or with our children. So we thank you for this time and pray that you would uh, work in our hearts in, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Paul's letter to the Ephesians, uh, if you've read it, it's really one of the most beautiful description, uh, descriptions that I, I can think of, of what life in the kingdom of God looks like. And in this new kingdom community, 
which is it's really a multinational family. It's a multicultural family. Relationships work differently than they do in the world. And that's because they're full of the presence of God. Listen to what Paul says to children in Ephesians 6. He says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise. He's referring to the Ten Commandments there. So it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. So in that first verse, what Paul is doing, he's emphasizing that children should obey their parents, but uses the phrase, in the Lord, for this is right. Now the phrase, in the Lord, or in Christ, or in Jesus, those are three interchangeable uh, phrases that Paul uses. He consistently uses them throughout his letters and in the book of Ephesians to distinguish the new kind of life that's possible because of what Jesus did for us. It's through his death on the cross, Jesus made available a relationship with God who is the perfect Father, and he has given us access to his heavenly home. And Jesus offers that to everyone so that they can be part of his heavenly family. You know, God wants to have children. He wants to play with them and enjoy uh, the park and enjoy having catches with his kids, just as a father would with his own children. And in fact, you can have that gift today by putting your trust in Jesus as the way back to a relationship with God. You see, we won't be able to experience the fullness of God's healing in our parent or child relationships without that common spiritual bond. You see, spiritual unity is essential for these kind of relationships to work according to God's plan and what Paul's referring to here. So if Paul, uh, if Paul, as he's saying, if parents are acting outside of the will of God, when children uh, are try to follow their, their parents, but they're being disobedient to God, that wouldn't fall into what Paul's talking about here. See, the right way to live is in loving obedience to Jesus that flows from a relationship with Jesus. So essentially what Paul had in mind here is that Jesus would not only be the center of church life, but Jesus would be central to family relationships. So let me ask you a question. Is Jesus a central part of your family life? And I'd be curious to hear what that looks like for you and in our small group discussions. What, what is having Jesus at the center of your family like, uh, life actually look like? And really, the message for today is, parents, it's vitally important that you're intentional about providing a strong spiritual foundation for your children that point them to Jesus. You know, it's interesting here because Paul is writing directly to children. And because of that, we can assume that children were present in the church community when the letter was read out loud. They weren't separated. So children were included in the instruction with everyone else. And I'm really a big fan of having children listen to God's word along with parents as early as possible, even if they don't fully understand everything uh, that might be being said. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I got to write what I considered the most boring of all church services by doodling. I would just doodle my way through church services. But even though I wasn't paying attention, something must have stuck, because here I am. And during our online Sunday services like today, what we do as a family is we do family church. And it's kind of fun, even if one of my kids thinks I'm the one now who's being boring. So I'm, I'm kind of on the other side. And it is a little awkward listening to myself speak, but listen, I can really get behind the message every week, and I hope you can too. Anyway, let's take a look uh, here at the next verse. Fathers, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Okay, so if you have an NIV version, you can see in the footnotes, and some other versions do as well in that translation, the word fathers can actually be translated as parents. So these are instructions that are applicable to mothers or fathers, or really any people who care for 
children for that matter, or, aren't, or who are in the position of parents. Um, and during that time, the philosophers of Paul's generation, they agreed on these codes of behavior that said children had to, had to be obedient. However, it was a lot different because as part of that code, children were completely silenced and looked down upon, and it was even much worse than that. See, Roman fathers could mercilessly, they could beat their children, mistreat them, or even kill them if they wanted to, and it was totally legal. And so what Paul is saying here uh, is completely different. It's a totally new standard of parenting that was uh, countercultural. Uh, and when you use this word exasperate, what exasperate means is to frustrate intensely or to provoke to anger. So parents today can exasperate their children in any number of ways. I mean, uh, parents can fail in their parenting relationships uh, by exasperating their children by not being available to them or by prioritizing other things like work or entertainment or their phone instead of quality time with their children. Parents can exasperate their children by pushing them to achieve in unhealthy ways or teaching them that their approval is based only on how well they do. Or they can exasperate their children by getting easily angered themselves or losing self-control or reverting to any kind of abuse or shaming to manipulate their children. You know, parents can exasperate their children by ridiculing them or lying to them or simply not following through on their word. What Paul is teaching the church is is that God's standard of obedience goes beyond just keeping children in line. See, instead, what Paul's saying is that the responsibility of the parents is to create a culture of Christ-like love within the family where children learn not only to obey their parents, which is important for their well-being, but where children learn how to obey Jesus as well, because Jesus knows what is best. You see, godly parents are disciple-makers. They are the ones who uh, create a culture within their family. Uh, they are disciples-makers of the next generation, and they get the best, we as parents, get the best opportunity of anyone to lead our children into a relationship with God. Over, I don't know if you know, I've heard of this, but over 80% of people who come to know Christ do so in what's known as the 414 window, and that's children ages 4 to 14 years old. And so what a better place to learn where and how to follow Jesus than at home. Paul's exhortation here is pretty quite simple. It's almost as like he's saying, parents, you got one job to do. But simple, of course, is not always easy. And I know, and as a parent, it takes a lot of hard work and intentionality to raise our children in the training and instruction of the Lord, especially in a culture that is moving in a completely different direction and in an environment where our spiritual life is pushed to the sideline. Training and instruction in anything, really, at all are not possible without discipline. So it's essential for parents to think about discipline and to discipline their children to follow Jesus and to do so in love because otherwise they're just going to respond out of fear, which is really not the basis of our faith. It's God's love for us poured out in our hearts to others. And even, like, even within a loving home environment, children are still going to rebel. They're still going to exert their independence in unwise ways. However, parents can build a context where their children can come into their own relationship with God at whatever pace they're moving, even if it takes a lifetime. And sometimes that's what it takes. Parents, the bottom line for, for us today is this. Teach your children the way of Jesus. Our children need more than what they can get once a week at church, and many kids don't even get that. You know, a passive approach to spiritual instruction is going to lead to a passive faith in the next generation. And sadly, 
we see this happening as more and more children and youth are leaving the church. And I've spoken about this um, at, at several times in the past. Parents, be intentional in your relationship with your children and teach them the way of the kingdom. Otherwise, someone else or some algorithm is going to assimilate them into the cultural Borg. And yes, Star Trek fans, that illustration was for you. What we're doing right now, we're living in a time and in a society where sin is celebrated as good and what God said is good is rejected as bad. And that's being taught to our children in schools and through the internet and online and in their conversation with friends and on their social media feeds. See, children need to be taught by their parents the difference between right and wrong based on what Jesus says, not on what the world is teaching our children to believe. And this is especially true when it comes to the two big issues that Jude identified in the, what we talked about uh, when we looked at that, uh, that message in that letter he wrote, uh, when it comes to, one, number one, faith, who God is, and two, what our sexual ethics should be. And if, if you remember the, that from two weeks back, those are the two threats Jude identifies that we need to be aware of when we need to contend for the faith. Parents, don't only contend for your own faith, contend for the faith of the next generation. And then Paul's warning here is that while you do so, okay, so let's contend for the faith, but while you do so, be careful, don't exasperate your children, or they're going to have a more difficult time learning what it means to live in the kingdom of God. You know, I know from personal experience, Jess knows, my wife and I, we know how difficult it is to raise children. Uh, Jess and I have been through our fair share of parenting woes, and we've shared that with many of you. But through all the pains of parenting, you know, we found that God is a very present help in time of need. God answers prayer, and God parents us as we parent our children. And there's a few key lessons I've learned, uh, particularly in the painful things. Firstly, it's really impossible to be a perfect parent. You know, before we got married, Jess and I had this dream of having this huge family. We thought, you know, let's have minimum of seven kids, maybe up to 12 or more if God blesses us, so somewhere like that. And then we had our first kid, and that was the end of that dream. Now, you're going to have to continually depend on God's grace no matter how much effort or no matter how many kids you have. One is enough. And let me tell you, being a parent has really helped my prayer life. Nothing has caused me to pray more than being a parent. So if you want to be a parent, you want to learn how to pray, just go have some kids. Secondly, there are no amount of, there's no amount of exceptional parenting that you can do that will keep your children from sinning. Okay, this is a big lesson for me. There is no formula to guaranteeing that your children will turn out the way you dream uh, that they would. You know, you may be familiar with Proverbs. In Proverbs 22.6, it says, start off the, uh, a child on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they're not going to turn from it. So the Proverbs, in this particular proverb, it's not an ironclad promise, but it is wisdom, and it says when they are old, they will follow the way that they should go. And growth takes time. You see, kids will get to an age where they'll make their own decisions, and they, that, that happens gradually, but they get to decide for themselves whether they want to follow Jesus or not. But as parents, we need to be faithful to do our job and trust God to do the rest. And then lastly, one of the big lessons I've learned through the pains of parenting is that parenting really is a process of learning how to trust God in new ways almost every day. Every child is different, so every child needs to be parented differently. Every situation is different and needs to be handled differently. And, and as your children grow, parenting strategies need to grow as well. So in Ephesians 6.1, 
you know, Paul is speaking about children when they're children, and it's different different when they start be- becoming adults. You see, children don't obey their parents in the same way, but they're still called to honor their parents. Practically speaking, what raising our children in the training and instruction of the Lord has looked like for us is really living a life worthy of imitating. And at home and during our daily routines, my children see me praying, uh, they see me worshiping, they see me sharing my faith with others, they see me living a life consistent of what they hear me teach about, and that says a lot. They see me practicing what I preach, and that's not just true for preachers or people who preach, but people who proclaim to live a kind of life that they, they talk about or they listen to on Sundays. See, our children will, will look at what we choose to watch. They'll look at what we choose to don't not watch. They, they model the kind of language we use at home and what's appropriate. Now, that happens in the day-to-day. So our children look and watch at how we handle technology in a responsible way or in an irresponsible way. You know, one of the things I've had to do is learn how to parent in a digital age, something I never had to deal with as a kid uh, in, in the same way we have to do today. And we had video games. I mean, I had Atari, I had Nintendo and Sega Genesis, but uh, the Internet has really changed everything. Cell phones have changed the way we've had to parent, and we've had to learn how to parent our children. And we've had to learn how to lead our kids to these issues that we never faced when we were young. And so at home, what we do is we talk about things that have to do with uh, the digital world. We talk about how it can be counterproductive to relational intimacy uh, when you're on a screen. Or we, we talk about how s- when you're spending time with someone, um, you, you probably don't want to be on a screen. Or how phone addiction can be destructive to relationships. Or how social media uh, often does more harm than good. How pornography is something that that all children need to, to face at some point or another, and that can ruin your soul. And we need to talk openly. We need to be our conversation partners, and parents have the responsibility to teach their children what it means to follow Jesus in this digital age. And one of the things that, that we've been intentional about as parents just now is to prioritize church life. And it's not just because I'm a pastor. Uh, it's because we know that it's important for our children to learn the value of community worship and growing up in relationship with the church family beyond their own uh, nuclear family as well. For us, worship takes priority over uh, in our calendar over everything else, including sports, which are increasingly happening during times of worship. And when our children were little, one of the things we did at night, often uh, at bedtime, is we prayed with them individually. We would read them a scripture or a book. And listen, it was exhausting. But looking back on those times when they were young, I realized it was a worthwhile investment. Because we're never going to get those years back. And during those, those formative years, God is doing really important things in their little souls. And now, as, as our children are older, what we do is we have family prayer times and scripture times regularly throughout the week uh, at the end of the day where one of us will share a scripture, and the kids have their own responsibility to do that, and what it means and how we apply it to our lives. And then we pray together as a family. We pray for one another. We pray for those uh, who don't know Jesus. But parents, bottom line, whatever you do, however you do it, raise your children in the training and instruction of the Lord. Because if you don't, who will? That's all for now. Um, I look forward to uh, sharing in this parenting journey with, with each of you. Let me, I would like to close just with a, uh, with a word of prayer. Lord, I 
thank you for all the parents and all the children who are, make up Conchock and Vineyard Church, for those who are listening now. And I ask for your insight and wisdom to parent our children in the way that you parent us. I pray that parents would be spiritually sensitive to your leading Holy Spirit and that we would train up and raise up a generation of children who love you and who are passionate for you and who can um, walk in the kingdom even greater than, uh, than we have. We pray, God, for this grace and this mercy on the, on the next generation of, uh, of young people in our church. And we, we pray that we would be faithful to steward the gift of your kingdom and what you've given to us and pass it along and, uh, to those who, who, you, who you love so much. Thank you for this time. We thank you for this beautiful weekend and uh, we, we thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. And I look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday.